0: Hey, New Life Gillette Church! We are thrilled you decided to listen to our teaching on your favorite podcast app. If you made a decision to follow Christ today, would you let us know by visiting yes.newlifegillette.com? Here is this week's teaching. Hey, uh, welcome! We are so happy to see you. Merry Christmas! Uh, you all know the Christmas story. You you know that when Jesus was born, he was laid in a manger, a manger. What's a manger? A manger was pretty much a bowl for animal food. It's what they put the hay in that animals could eat out of. And did you know this is actually probably what the manger that Jesus was laid in looked like? They didn't have a lot of wood around in Israel in Bethlehem, so they would have made the manger out of stone and laid Jesus in the manger Not like what we usually picture when we think of a manger. Now, this is the manger that my beautiful wife built downstairs in New Life Kids this year. And, uh, babe, it's beautiful, but it's wrong. I love you, uh, but Jesus' manger was anything but beautiful. That's kind of the whole point. God's son, Jesus, comes into the world, and he deserves a castle. He deserves... A throne, but his beginning is humble. It's meek. Why? Why was Jesus laid in a manger? Scripture tells us that Mary laid Jesus in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Because there was no room for them in the house. So he was born among the sheep. And the donkeys and the cows. Mary and Joseph's family travel home to Bethlehem for the holiday and their family did not prepare a place for them. Did not prepare, did not have a room available for them. How many times have you gone home to visit mom for the holidays and mom didn't have a bed available for you? This is what happens to them. One of the most famous lyrics of any song ever, because it's a Christmas song, is this lyric. It says, joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart. You are beautiful people. You are beautiful people. Prepare him room. I got a question for you. What does your Christmas schedule look like? Will you make room for Jesus tonight and tomorrow? Will you prepare him room? Or have you filled your Christmas so full of activities that you forget to prepare room for Jesus? Sorry, Jesus, no room left. Practically speaking, I think that this means when we plan our Christmas, we choose not to overindulge. Because the last thing we want to do is wake up in the new year overly lethargic and tired because we bought all the stuff and ate all the stuffing. Just, I've, I've overdone it. Does anybody else overeat on Christmas because you know you're going to diet on January 1? Anybody else? That's just kind of the routine. That's just just what we do. Scripture would tell us, don't do it. There's just kind of this... Now, we are supposed to feast. We are supposed to celebrate. But there's just kind of this general instruction of Scripture whereas most religious people want to just outlaw everything. Just say, no, never, rules everywhere. Stop doing anything fun. Just avoid anything that will bring you joy. Actually, usually the biblical direction to us is moderation. Just don't overdo it. You need some margin. You need some room in your life. And I love how the words of the song go. It says, prepare him room. That is so much better than make room for him. It's more poetic, but it also just makes more sense because make room, well, make room looks like this. That's me. Why didn't you write me? Hey. What? It wasn't over for me. School? I waited for you. Sit here, it. it's here, it's here. And Now it's late. 365 letters. Hey, guys. Hey, hey Paul. Oh, hey. Chair for it's you. Okay. okay, come there. Talk with you. Oh, yeah. What an Still over. Anybody know the movie? I am here. Whoa. Anybody know the movie? Yeah. Great. One of the greats, you know? Yeah. So for Tracy, he's the first guy that walks in. For Tracy, they made room. It's like, fine, sit on the floor, whatever. But with Paul, we call him Father Paul. They had prepared a place. They had reserved a seat. They had popcorn waiting for him and Kleenexes to hand to him when he inevitably cried while watching the movie. This this is the difference between make room and prepare a place. Because most of us, this is the way we treat God. It's like, okay, God, I can squeeze you in here and there. I'll pray on my way to work, or I'll go to church once a a week or whatever. But I don't want too much of that organized religion stuff. I just don't have room for all that in my life. It's like what my wife does when she goes on vacation. Do we have any overpackers in the room? Any overpackers? My wife, you know, when you fly on an airplane, they allow you 50 Pounds. And so my wife is like, when she's packing to go on vacation, you put 50 pounds in the back. That's just what you do. Well, what inevitably happens on vacation? You buy stuff. We are no exception to this because we have no self-control. And so on the way home, she tries to put things in her back and she sits it on top of all of her other stuff. Shut the top, won't zip, jump up and down on it to try to get all of it to fit. It still won't fit. So what does she do with it? She puts it in my bag. That's what she does with it. Because I prepared a place. Because when I packed, I prepared room. Cause I know inevitably we're gonna come home with more stuff that we went with. And if we don't want to throw away our clothes, we've got to prepare some room. It's kind of like this. I am here in my youngest son, Titus's room. And yes, his room is always this clean. I didn't do any picking up before we filmed this video. Can you imagine if one day my wife came home and said, Mike, I'm pregnant. No, she's not pregnant. Don't spread that rumor. But she said, Mike, I'm pregnant. And I was like, awesome. Well, we'll need to make a little room for the baby. So uh, maybe we can just stick the baby in the closet. We'll make a little pallet on the floor or something like that. No, what would happen If if you had a new baby on the way, you wouldn't just make room, you would prepare. Room. You'd prepare a place. Maybe you'd add a crib to the room and rearrange the furniture. Or maybe you'd move Lincoln from his room into Titus's room so the baby gets its own brand new room. You don't just make room for a new baby. You prepare a place for the new baby. Tomorrow morning, before you open presents, prepare, have a plan. Have a plan to have a conversation. Sing happy birthday to Jesus. Tell his story to your kids. Make sure you focus on the right things. What did John the Baptist tell people when he was telling everybody that Jesus was coming? Jesus is coming. What did he say? He said, prepare the way for the Lord. Prepare a place. And here's the truth. You prepared here to be, you prepared to be here today You prepared to watch online today. You you prepared some time, so you don't need this lecture. But there's more than just preparing a part of your schedule. When we talk about preparing room, we're talking about an important next step beyond just the schedule. We're talking about preparing room in your heart, in your life. The whole line to the Joy to the World song is, let every heart prepare him room. It's about your heart. So many people recognize a need to have Jesus in their lives, but their hearts are so full of the worries of this world and pain and troubles that they don't have time to think about eternity. They don't have time to think about heaven. This is what most people's hearts look like. It's just full. There's all kind of stuff in there, good and bad. Life is hard. And we all have stuff in our lives that we don't want there anymore, but they just kind of, it's hard to get rid of them. So eventually we have to decide to let some things go, to forgive some people, to to put some past hurts behind us and not dwell on them, not allow them to make us victims. We have to give up some activities in our lives. We have to prepare room in our hearts. And we're not just preparing rooms so that we have an empty space in our heart. We're preparing room because there's something very specific that all, that needs to go in all of our hearts. We all need Jesus in our hearts. The problem is people don't make room for Jesus because they think that they're, that this life is all there is. The world has convinced them, focus on us, buy our stuff, consume our stuff, and that's just kind of all of life. Cons- consumption, And and entertainment. And that's just kind of our life. But can I tell you something? Someday you will stand before God to be judged. And your sin has to be dealt with. I know it's not a fun thing to talk about on Christmas. But the reality is we've all sinned. We have all fallen short of God's glory. And the only solution to the problem is Jesus. Because when... God looks at me on judgment day. My hope is that he doesn't see me. He doesn't see what I have done. He doesn't see my actions, good or bad. My only hope on judgment day is that when God looks at me, he sees Jesus. That's my hope. So I put all my eggs in that basket. I do I do all my trusting in his goodness, not in my goodness. And Jesus' invitation to us is the only thing that you can do to get me into your heart, is to say yes. He's offering us a Christmas present. He wants to give himself to you, and all you have to do is receive him. Receive that gift. I hope that nobody here today will leave without knowing, with beyond a shadow of a doubt, 100% positive that you are a child of God, that you have said yes to Jesus. Because it's all that matters. It's more important than any of the other stuff. All that other stuff is just a distraction. This is what determines your eternity in heaven or your eternity in hell. This is everything. This is the biggest decision you'll ever make. Don't trust your drive home without making that decision to say yes to Jesus and then surrender your life to him and allow him to lead you into eternity. When you sat down today, there was a card on your chair. It was a blue one. It says, I've decided to follow Jesus. There are some people in the room today who need to fill out this card. And the card's not going to save you, but it will let us send you some information about the decision that you're making today. If you're watching online, you can fill out a Connect card and let us know that you're ready to make that decision. Fill out the card. You can drop it in one of the boxes in the back of the room or hand it to one of us. Somebody will cherish this card for you. And we want to celebrate what God has done in your heart, that He has. He has entered your life. And we believe that when he enters your life, it's not just one and done. It was a one moment thing. I got it over with. Now I can go on with my life. We believe that when Jesus comes into your life, he will change you. He will make your life better and he will make you better at life. It's the greatest decision you can ever make. Fill out this card. And let us know that today you are ready. You're ready to make that decision. Don't put it off. Don't shake the emotion because we're going to move on. We're going to do all the holiday stuff. And this moment is going to be forgotten and the world will become distracting again. And you're going to forget all about wanting to do this. Fill out the card and make sure you get it to us. Drop it in the box in the back of the room, hand it to somebody, hand it to a friend around you and they'll make sure that it gets to me. Don't put it off. Make that decision today. God, I thank you that you are the king who came to this world, who left his throne in heaven so that we can have a relationship with you. God, we put all of our hope in you. We lay ourselves at your feet and surrender to your plan. We thank you for your love, for your gift of grace. In Jesus' name, amen.